This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're talking about TikTok. We just made a YouTube video about TikTok's rise here in the US, especially during quarantine and comparing TikTok and YouTube, suggesting that TikTok is actually the first real threat to YouTube. On this episode, we compare TikTok to the other social platforms, primarily Instagram, YouTube, talk about our personal experiences with TikTok. Uh, We also talk a little bit about how much money people are making on the different platforms. And we just had a lot of fun recording this episode. So by the end of the episode, we get a little bit off topic and kind of tangential, but we just had a great time recording. So hope you guys enjoy it. We also reference a filmmaking challenge that we're hosting this month with Lassie. Now there's over $10,000 worth of prize that we're giving away. And for all of you creators and filmmakers out there, the ask is to make a 60 second story about some footage or a project that you've never released before. One of those projects that is almost done or some footage that you have that you were like, man, I really could have made something out of that, but I just didn't have the time. We wanna challenge you to open that project back up or pull that video off one of your hard drives and tell us a 60 second story about it. So go check that out. You can sign up to be a part of Collective, which is a platform where they do these monthly filmmaking challenges. Uh, but yeah, submit to this month because we'd love to check out your films. And seriously, there's some amazing prizes uh, that you can win. All right. So we start off this episode talking about a personal milestone of mine. <clears throat> so I did something yesterday for the first time in my life, something I thought I would never, ever do or be able to do. And I didn't tell you about it, but I can't I was wait to hear. Really excited. Dude, I rode my bike without holding on to the handlebars. <laughs> I was shocked when you saw me doing it a couple I, of weeks ago. Yeah. And you were almost scared. Yeah, I was. I was like, how do you, how are you doing that? I just it's, it always looks like magic to me when people do that. It's like I shook your worldview. Everything you knew about gravity was defied. <laughs> First off, but congratulations. I went for it. So I just o- over the course of the past, you know, since I've saw you do it, yeah. that was like too close to home for me. I was like, wait, you of can course. you can do it? Anything you do that yeah. I've never done. Right. It's frustrating. Any pair of pants that are cool that right. you get, yeah. I'm I need to have. So Colin, we were on a bike ride and he's riding without, you know, hands on handlebars. And I've seen people do this my entire life, but over the past couple of weeks, I've just been kind of going one hand, feeling it out. And then yesterday for the first time, I was just like, let me do this. Question. Were you scared? Not really. I just started feeling like, wait, I think I could do this. And then all of a sudden I just let go and I was like, oh wow, I can do it. Was anyone there to share? Katie was there and she couldn't believe it. She 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 was biking behind me. She was biking behind me and she was like, what? And I was like, cause I've expressed to her. I told her, I said like maybe a week ago, I was like, I don't know if ever in my life I will ever ride a bike without holding onto the handlebars. You did it. It's 2020, man. Anything's possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. That is true. Positively and negatively. And negatively. Yeah. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is now possible. <laughs> Everything's well, on the table. Congratulations for that huge yeah. win. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the history books. But I'm just practicing this thing where it's like, if I do something new and different, I share it with you. Oh, you're saying this because I didn't tell you that I started a TikTok? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... When I, whenever I do something new... I bring it to the table. Trying to make me feel bad? No, I'm just saying. You so, didn't t- Colin didn't tell me that he started you, a TikTok. Did you ride your bike without the handlebars to now have this moment with me? <laughs> no, but I right when I did it, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everyone, <laughs> starting with Colin. Okay, yeah. so I did start my own TikTok account. First off, you started a TikTok account. And I told you instantly. Okay. 
True. Valid. I started my own TikTok account a week and a half ago, two weeks ago maybe. And it's about having a safe space. So much of our media creation. That says a lot about why you didn't say So much yeah. of our media creation right. uh, is in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And we see it and we look at it with a different lens. It's almost hard for me to just post anything on Instagram because I feel like I know too much. Mm. And I think about, would this be a good business decision to post something like this? What part of, what, is this part of an overall brand? Mm. Is anyone going to comment on this? TikTok, it was just like, let yourself go. Mm-hmm. Create freely. Maybe people will see it. Maybe they won't. It's okay. Hmm. It was a glorious two weeks of creation. This was, yeah. Uh, by the way, this was just my long lead in to talk about TikTok, but also share some personal milestones well, of mine. Congrats. Um, yeah. Again, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Now everyone knows. Now the cat's out of the bag uh, on multiple of our platforms that you have a TikTok. So I posted a video of myself crying after watching I watched an episode of Queer Eye. I, I follow you on TikTok. Does that even matter, though, if you follow someone on TikTok? It came in my, it came in my, oh, for that's, you, that's, that's thing or whatever. Um, came in my feed. You know what? That's unfortunate to hear it from someone's perspective who follows me. Because, you know, after our video came out, I did get a few more followers. Yeah. As and it I, did feel like the party was over. Which that, maybe is counterintuitive. Because most people would feel like the right, party has started. That's how I felt. When they, I think I need a TikTok Finsta. Basically. Okay, so explain, just quickly explain what a Finsta is. A Finsta we'll, is we'll a fake on. Instagram account that you don't really share with too many people. You, you need a fic talk. I need a, a fic fuck? Uh, tink- <laughs> yeah. You get it. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, well, I don't even know if I want to hear what you thought about my TikTok because I feel like I'm. No, both- I thought it was fine. I thought it was vulnerable. I thought it was interesting. So it was great. Anyways, <laughs> I found myself after having watched an episode of, of Queer Eye on Netflix just bawling. Right. Uh, out of my eyes. I had to blow my nose. And I thought, you know what? This is a real moment. TikTok's an app for mm-hmm. real people doing real things. Let's put this out there. Why wouldn't you upload that to Instagram? Instagram? Because you'd probably have a lot of friends who have are in the same boat and are like, yeah, I totally relate to this feeling of you. I find that there's so much... Uh... Instagram's almost too connected. I, the comments are right in my face. It's too next. It's it's too close in proximity when you post to other people's content. I kind of like that when you post a TikTok, you just feel like you're throwing it out there into the world, and, and you don't have to look at it every time you open the app. Mm. That's interesting. You're not faced with it every not time. not faced with it every day. Hmm. Uh, but I'm actually posting to TikTok and trying to post freely without thinking too much about what other people are going to think because of how constricted I feel on Instagram with my personal Instagram. And do you feel even more constricted on YouTube or less? Sorry, this is like we're sitting on a sofa right now. This feels like social media therapy. <laughs> this is. So tell me this more is. about that yeah. Instagram that you won't post. Yeah. <laughs> let's go deeper on that. But let's, let's dive now uh, across the, the, the platforms and over to YouTube. Do you feel more constricted on YouTube than Instagram? I feel more... No, because I understand the constraints uh, on YouTube a lot better in terms of what our brand is on our YouTube channel and what we're trying to do. So I'm much, much closer to understanding if it's a good video, if I'm proud of it, why I'm doing it. But My personal in, Instagram in, account. In that same vein, is it technically is the most constraining platform then because like you can't post anything. But potentially, I think by having more constraints, you end up with a product you're happier about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
on my personal Instagram, I can post a photo of myself, you know, what I think maybe you know, of myself looking cool. And it doesn't take much effort other than getting that photo of myself looking cool, which may take a lot of effort, but just posting it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. Fine. Eh, never mind. Instagram, I just think is a frustrating app. It doesn't. And I think it's because I haven't found a purpose to posting on my personal Instagram, really. Right. For enjoyment. I don't have a, I look at the breakdown on YouTube and it's a show and I'm excited about building the show. I don't look at my Instagram account as a show, my personal Instagram mm-hmm. account. I don't see what I'm building there, what, what my value is to sharing. Uh, that's interesting. I, I find it very enjoyable to post on Instagram because I kind of like just how my friends and family will DM me or like people from around the world will DM me or comment and I can like have a conversation with just people. Like I feel like on YouTube we are having that conversation, but it's specifically about, you know, the show that we're making. On Instagram, I feel like it can be about my personal life. And I think that's what I don't like. Got it. I'm not interested in... I'm interested in sharing my personal life, but not on such uh, a daily basis. I think the, the struggle is, what I find is people fill in the gaps of your story. Mm-hmm. So if you don't post for two months, what's going on? Or if you only post this certain type of photo doing this certain type of thing, does that mean you're not doing that type of thing? I just think I'm not interested in currently my ability to create a realistic interpretation of who I think of who I want to be and who I am on Instagram. Right. With how many people I already have following me. Sometimes I can't even believe I have 12,000 or however many people it is following. (laughs) Right. What are they doing there? (laughs) What am I giving them? Yeah. But it just happened because we're on YouTube and we've been doing it. And that happened because of, I mean, really that happened because of our last YouTube channel. Because of the lacrosse yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not yeah. posting cool lacrosse videos. <laughs> Sometimes I want to, yeah. but I'm not. I think, I think it's interesting. Um, a couple of things. I think TikTok has reinvigorated my desire to make short form vlogs, uh, which is so fun. Like I had, we talked about this in our YouTube episode. Um, I had this footage. I have all this footage of traveling through India with my fiance and I have no idea what to do with it. Um, because it doesn't really fit into our format on YouTube. Um, but now thinking about making like 60 second mini vlogs about it is really fun and really cool and uh, really easy. And all of a sudden I have all these new ideas about these 60 second vlogs and it takes two hours to make. So it's like not as hard. Uh, you're recording everything with a phone. Uh, it's just like really fun and really easy. And, and then like if you do want to hop on a trend or see something that you like, the amazing thing, the craziest thing about TikTok is that you don't, uh, you don't actually have to come up with an original idea. You could just do an idea that's out there, which is looked down upon across every other platform. It really is, but right? I love that imitation is encouraged. Yeah. I think it's great, especially if you're new to creating. You got to start somewhere. Right. So at least you're putting yourself out there. At least you're trying. Right. You know, imitating someone else if that's your entryway to video making, who cares? Yeah. That's great. It could lead to all types of amazing things. Totally. On, and, and someone may not even ever take that step to make a video on YouTube. The split in, um, this, is, this was on David Dobrik's podcast this week, but the split in 
revenue generated from creators across the three platforms was really fascinating to hear from David Dobrik, Addison Ray, and Madison Beer. Um, they talked about it. And Madison mentioned that she knows people who have gotten paid a million dollars for an Instagram story. David talked about, which probably is him, but talking about getting paid half a million for a YouTube integration. And Addison said 90,000 is the most amount she's ever heard someone get paid for a TikTok. 90,000, that's low. That's, I thought that was pretty low. But I think, think back to year one or two of YouTube. The deals weren't insane, like for the top creators. Granted, $90,000 for one integration, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but when you scale up relative to a million dollars for an a Instagram story, it's crazy. But the deals just weren't there because TikTok only now is starting to become like a acceptable form of media. Because you have to understand that people who are spending the money, they have to trust that this isn't going to die. They have to trust it's not Vine. Yeah. And so they're like, is this legitimate or is this not? Or is, does it does it drive any value to my brand? I don't know that it drives that much value. Because I, yeah. I watch some and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, this is sponsored? I have to watch it three times to understand this is sponsored by LG totally. or whatever. You know, and I'm like, what? But on Instagram stories, it's like, hey, swipe up to watch the, or to, to buy this pair of jeans I'm wearing. And if you, if you have 5 million people like look at your Insta story, it's very possible that pays off. Yeah. And Instagram is a phenomenal platform for shopping. Yeah. I'm so used to consuming advertising, swiping up, going off platform to shop because of a link that, uh, I found on Instagram. Yeah. TikTok truly, it just feels like lean back entertainment. Right. When I'm on TikTok, I'm not interested in leaving the app. Right. Yeah. And, and we talked about in our video this week, if you haven't watched it yet, just how incredibly dynamic TikTok is as an app when compared to um, YouTube, primarily because on TikTok, you don't care who you're watching. You're watching TikTok. It's like its own show. I it's mean, its own creator in itself. You don't even have to have an account. Open up the app and you're in and you're part of the experience. It's crazy. You're watching immediately. And that, uh, you know, that takes away so many barriers to entry that YouTube has when it comes to titles and thumbnails and SEO. And like, yes, you can search on TikTok, but really you're like, just give me the content. And you and I were both just talking about right before we started um, recording just how different our algorithms can be week to week based on what we're watching how it's feeding us different types of content based on what we start enjoying or liking or getting into. And even right now for me, I'm, I'm watching TikTok and it's a lot of cooking content because I've been watching with Katie uh, and she's really into that stuff. She likes watching like chop the chopping videos or, or recipes or something. And I'm trying to get back to where I was and I can't remember like what was my formula before that it, it like figured out this formula that I really liked. Now I have to work my way back in, but I can only work my way there by watching. I think what's interesting is the algorithm in itself is a character on the platform. Right. You know, you're not only watching individual creators, but you're waiting to see where the algorithm and where the challenge culture goes. Where do the people take the app uh, in its entirety? which is really interesting. And a lot of creators will talk about what's happening on the app, like what's happening yeah. in the overall zeitgeist mm -hmm. uh, because they can move and react so quickly. Whereas if a major shift happens in the world or 
on the YouTube platform, it's going to take creators potentially up to a week to respond in a way that they feel is up to their standard. Right. Yeah, I mean, that happens with us all the time. I think, like, just having a platform where, I mean, look at you. You could share immediately right after watching Queer Eye. It's great. I couldn't do that on YouTube. Yeah. Technically, you could do it on Instagram, but I understand the the reasoning behind it. Um, Yeah, I just think it's fun to have this this new space and new constraints to be creative. I think that's a really fun, you know, part of the whole thing. I also think it's a safe space on TikTok because I understand for the most part how people are going to be consuming that piece of content right. uh, that most likely they will have their sound on. And it will be similar actually in format to a lot of the other content. If I post that to my Instagram story, then potentially someone's swiping through stories and they end up on a photo that stops their feed. And then there's just a visual video. They don't have their audio on. And then mine, they may totally miss it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's more of a chance that someone would be open to hearing this video from a total stranger. Right. Which I really like. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, Whereas if you look at the video of me crying Mm -hmm. after watching Queer Eye, even though it's funny when you're going down in your feed, who knows what it's next to, uh, who knows how that will be received mm. uh, in an instant of someone just seeing me looks like I'm sad and crying. <laughs> and right. I think there's also, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I, I do fear the judgment of all of these Instagram followers, which I can't even believe I have. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, along with, with so many of the different things we talked about, a lot of what we cut out and a lot of the questions that came from our YouTube video this week were around monetization and what we did address just now is that, you know, there are some creators who get offered big brand deals, uh, but it's not like the land of brand deals in the same way that probably YouTube and Instagram are right now. Uh, and then on top of that, the amazing thing about YouTube is that if you do generate, if you do make an idea that generates a million or two million views, YouTube, the app will just pay you, uh, which yeah. is very, very dynamic comparatively. You know, of course, IGTV has rolled out. Um, that feature for a select group of creators where they will pay you. Um, but YouTube's been doing that for so long. YouTube's been doing that since the beginning. It's part of their core. You have to give them so much credit for making that move so yeah. early on. If if TikTok finds a way, I don't know how you would do it on TikTok because there's no pre-roll. There's no pre-roll. I yeah. think that what we talked about, and this didn't make it into our breakdown episode because it felt tangential, uh, but it's that they just brought on a, a CEO who was at Disney and Disney Studios which probably suggests that they're going to continue building out their talent roster uh, and then trying to monetize them in other ways, you know, getting original shows, figuring out ways that they can be in movies, sell movies to the audience. Like, I mean, if you make a Charlie D'Amelio movie, you'd have to think that a lot of people would pay for it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, there's the Charlie D'Amelios of the world, but then there's got to be that, you know, we talk in the video about the middle class, uh, the grouping of creators you're watching when you don't even know who they are that still keep the app engaging. And we, and we refer to this as the middle class primarily because the co-founder of TikTok, if you haven't watched this interview, it's part of our video, but it's so fascinating watching him describe TikTok as like a nation state. He said, it's like discovering a new land, right? Let's say you find a new land, call it America. And you want people to migrate to your new land from Europe. Europe in this case would be Instagram. 
How do you get people to come to your new land? Well, the first people who show up, make sure to make them really rich so that people in Europe say, whoa, I got to go to America. I can make mm -hmm. tons of money. But then when everyone starts coming over because they realize that there's uh, such an opportunity for growth, you need to make sure that they are validated to some extent, that they don't arrive in America or in this case, TikTok and realize, oh, I can't become rich. So you need to feed everyone uh, that dream every mm -hmm. once in a while and make sure that if they keep at it, they upload 10 TikToks uh, once a day, at some point, they're going to find viewership. So the algorithm works to make sure that they're surfacing, uh, you know, people who are not necessarily the stars. The stars inspire a bunch of people to come onto the app and create. And TikTok does their part to make sure that if you keep uploading, you're consistent, you should see some viewership. You should get at least a glimpse of like, whoa, I could be successful here. YouTube yeah. does not do that. YouTube does not do that. Uh, but they clearly, I mean, all apps, I think, and all platforms decide who they want to make it. And it's obvious that TikTok chose certain people here in the U.S. that they thought were good billboards for the rest of the U.S. to look at and be like, if she, if she can do it, I can do it. Of course. It's not like YouTube and yeah. Instagram and Facebook don't do this. Uh, you know, the creators are, like you said, the billboards for their platforms. I've just never heard it said so blatantly uh, as in that interview. Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the amazing thing, though, is I feel like it's harder for other apps to push a creator on you. Because in Instagram, for example, they'd have to push it into my Discover. And how often are you on your not, Instagram not that Discover? Often. Yeah, so that would be hard. The only way a new creator gets in my feed is if all of my friends are sharing it. Mm -hmm. So that is a lot more democratic on YouTube. You could put them on the trending tab, but like, I don't, I don't really care that much about the trending tab. Uh, I just watch the creators I choose to watch on YouTube on TikTok, The thing is that for you page is just an endless scroll of new content right now. Lizzo is all over my for you page. And now I follow her cause she's funny and cool and interesting but out of nowhere, she got injected in my For You page. Out of nowhere, just boom. All of a sudden, there's Lizzo. Okay, cool. Every three, four scrolls, Lizzo, Lizzo, Lizzo. Yeah, I mean, they, they literally like put a new star into my For You page. I mean, TikTok is basically like having one TV channel. Right. And you play a part in what you get to see. But the algorithm really takes charge. Right. YouTube essentially is like having a million TV channels and you search, hopefully, right. for what you want to watch. But yeah, it's TikTok is, the more we learn about it, the more I get excited about the potential and excited about creating for it. Specifically, like you said, with, with vlogging. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't necessarily found a way to vlog on YouTube. Right. Uh, in a way that, you know, finds any sort of viewership, but with, and also it's just hard. Daily vlogging is so hard, but it's extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you look at TikTok and you think about a 60 second daily vlog, that does not seem that difficult, but you still get to have the fun of people coming with you every day. The thing that's really dynamic is that you can film and edit on your phone. 
that's the biggest game changer because a daily vlog gets really stressful when you're importing footage into your timeline and opening up Premiere and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Deciding on you music know. and lower yeah. thirds. And you're just like, here we go. That, But it makes it so easy to share. And, and at the end of the create. day, this whole process has to be fun. Mm-hmm. This video making, storytelling process yeah. has to be fun or else why are you even doing it? Yeah. And a lot of times you hear, you know, so many YouTube creators have burnout because mm-hmm. it's so hard. It's not, it ends up not being that fun. Yeah. The thing is though, I think the people who still want to do the YouTube thing, like who, who, who have that, that innate desire to film make, I think will remain on YouTube. I still and, look at YouTube as hundred percent the elite, the professional. I look yeah. at YouTube as like professional. Totally digital like video making i don't doubt that you know like someone like casey neistat could make really good tiktoks but i never want i would never want him to stop making longer form stuff because i really enjoy that format is so good for him and he clearly has a desire to, to make that format and it's the same with us i think like if we figure out how to make the amazing short form piece yes it'll be easier it'll be fun it'll be interesting but I still am so connected to the long form, you know. I think that has a lot to do with our age. Yeah. That we grew totally. up watching 22-minute yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. So I look at a show like Hot Ones, and that's very aspirational. Mm-hmm. YouTube, for me, is like everyone having their own TV channel right. or their own hit TV show because it is long form. And that, right. I think, is really cool. Right. But that is probably something specific to our age. Right. Because if you're Gen Z... You never even spent any, you never spent any time watching 22 minute TV shows. It means nothing right. to you. Right. The constraint of 15 and 60 seconds is actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be when I was making that vlog about, about eating McDonald's in India. Um, and I saw that someone today um, commented about our challenge that we're doing with Lassie, um, asking if, uh, you know, you could do a minute seconds. 30. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was like, you know what? You're right. It is really hard to do 60 seconds, but it's a really good constraint because it just, you have to do only what matters. Totally. And a huge part of the filmmaking process and the storytelling education we've had together is picking and choosing what's actually required to tell your story. Mm -hmm. What's essential. Realizing that even though you may love a shot, it may not be necessary. Right. And TikTok and things like our filmmaking challenge with Lassie, they force you to pick and choose what's really important. They help you mm-hmm. define what you need and what you don't. Yeah. So, so this filmmaking challenge, I'm sure I'm going to mention it in the intro when I record that. But the filmmaking challenge that we're doing with Lassie is called the Found Footage Challenge. Uh, we're giving everyone like over a month to do it. It's a pretty long amount of time. Uh, it's until July 20th that you have to submit. But basically, it's you find some footage that you've taken in the past. It can be on your hard drive. Maybe it's on your phone. Just something that is an old you know, photo or video that you've never um, shown before or told a story about and uh, tell us a story in 60 seconds or less about it. Um, and that is, uh, for, for me, that is such a, it's kind of like a challenge that I wanted to do, which is why you know, we kind of came up with it just because I wanted to, I was like, it's so frustrating to me that there's so much cool footage and all these cool stories that just don't fit our format on YouTube um, that I want to tell. And 
I think that is, uh, that's really liberating across other platforms to, um, uh, just be able to put out your stories and not like, not be, I don't know, held to any sort of, you know, titling and thumbnailing and just like, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, just like finding that story you wanted to tell and telling it. Totally. Just the satisfaction of getting it done, getting it out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder though, like the storytelling nature of TikTok, that's like a niche, right? Like the voiceover storytelling kind of vibe. Like really quick voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, it's like its own style. Yeah. Especially in 15 seconds. That's the style I'm, I, I like connect to. I think it's so impressive when people do that style. Yeah. I, I connect more to the, I just watched Queer Eye and now I'm going to cry for 15 seconds. I haven't seen, I, I thought that was pretty unique though. I haven't seen someone do something like that on TikTok. Really? Like, just like I, everything I'm watching is like, like, even if it's like a recipe, it's almost like performative. Yeah. You know? And I, I really enjoy that. That's like fun for me to yeah. see something that's well thought out and crafted. I'm trying to do the opposite right, right now. Yeah. Just yeah, you're going raw stream of consciousness. Just go. Right. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, uh, I wonder though, like it, it, it is interesting to me back to this, this notion of the star system, right? The TikTok star system, which we talk about in our video. It is amazing to me that all, most of these people with, you know, Kardashian Jenner level followings now have only been creators for under a year. I think a lot about that. What must it be like for them? You're, you're competing. I mean, I think Addison Ray, Charlie DeMille, these like massive TikTok influencers on Instagram are competing with Kylie Jenner on engagement. But then you have this next level of creators too, who would be considered part of that middle class, uh, who maybe aren't going, you know, they're not a part of the TikTok marketing engine, but you have all these people whose lives have been changed drastically by this app taking over in the U.S., Right. People who are now becoming comedians uh, and storytellers and they couldn't actually break in on Instagram or on YouTube because it just wasn't the right format. The barriers were too high. Mm -hmm. There were already too many people. It's wild, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm on uh, Charlie D'Amelio's Instagram eight hours ago, 3.3 million likes on a photo. Yeah. That is like wild levels of, uh, you know, I do think if you're paying attention to TikTok and, and you could say the same for YouTube, but if you're really a student of it, it will make you a better storyteller because on YouTube, your thumbnail and your title are your act one. You have to make people want to watch the rest of the video. You have to set them up basically in one single frame, but a lot of times you're graphic designing that frame. On TikTok, your act one is literally the first frame of your video because it autoplays. Right. So if you're really being a student of the app, you're thinking about what that act one is going to be, and that should uh, end up guiding your story. Right. So, uh, you know, along the, the notion of the star system and kind of the, um, the thought of like showing the, the success of TikTok to keep others coming back and creating. There was a comment and there's been other comments about this that TikTok discriminates in their algorithm against people. Um, what do you think about that? I thought it was a valid comment on the breakdown. Um, and, and I wrote back, I said, 
you know, that's a good point. You're right. Entertainment, uh, the industry as a whole has had a problem since the beginning, you know, under representing certain groups of people and mainly privileging white people, right? There's, mm-hmm. that's, that's been a serious problem uh, in entertainment since the beginning. And I, I, I commented back to this person. I said, I, you know, I don't, I can't say I'm an expert in any of these social media algorithms, but I would imagine because these algorithms are connected to money and sales that there probably is some similar type of thing going on within the algorithms, right? Where there's probably some sort of systemic racism within algorithms. And that was a conversation we had as, as like, you know, being, being just kind of observant and, and taking part as well in the Black Lives Matter movement of like, I wonder how much racism there is in, in algorithms on social. Uh, and it made us kind of think about it and have a conversation about it. And something that, that we started to talk to some of our creator friends about. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting thought. And, and here's, here, and it's probably happening. I don't want to accuse anyone, but it's like, you know, it does seem like there's some validity, validity at least on TikTok to it. Uh, but I guess I would never know because I just assume that my algorithm is feeding me certain types of content. Um, because I, I, I do personally, probably because I do watch some of it and I'm curious what happens in India, but I get a lot of Indian TikToks in my, um, in my feed, which you probably don't at all. Not really, but I do get some. And I, I don't know if that just speaks to how big the creator community is in India, but yeah. uh, I have found that I do get hmm. a decent amount. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's one of the first big, actually, it is the first massive social media app in America that's not created by Americans. So as they are, you know, prior to moving the app and marketing it in America, you probably have people observing saying, how do we make it work in America? And it's the first time you have a, 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 a platform and an app looking at America through as a third party thinking about how to launch something here. Yeah. That's never happened before. What we've questioned is, is it just by chance that the two arguably biggest faces on the platform are Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio? Right. Right. Two like white girl next door style girls. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but it's like a question to be asked. It's a question to be asked. Are, are they the two, uh, two of the biggest in the world or uh, that, that in the I U.S.? I, I don't know the answer to that, uh, but they're definitely the biggest in the U.S. So, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good. We, we spend a lot of time talking about the good of TikTok, but with every social platform, there's good and bad, of course. Um, we look at it through the lens of like people are getting more creativity. I think we probably see the positivity around storytelling and people totally. sharing stories and being like, oh, that's so exciting. But of course, there's, there's you know, light and dark to all these platforms, every single one, YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. 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 And now, uh, how long until, I don't know what you were about to say because I'm going on another tangent here. I was just going to close the loop on yeah. that. There, there was a comment about, you know, kids just use TikTok to lip sync. What are they going to learn from posting videos of themselves lip syncing? Uh, and I wrote back, you know, this has to do with the imitation argument or discussion we were having earlier. But I wrote back that, you know, taking that first step to put yourself on camera, whether you're imitating or not, just lip syncing, 
is the beginning of uh, a journey in video making. And video is so essential. It's such a powerful storytelling tool that, again, I wrote back, if that's, if that's the entryway that leads to something else, great. What right. does it matter if it's just lip syncing or dancing? It's a start. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Again, I've, I've said before, like Thomas Bragg said to me about people talking about imitation and video and saying like, if, it, if that's the thing that gets you into filmmaking and you develop your own style out of imitating someone else's video, great. At least that got your hands on a camera. You learned how to edit and you like, we all started making something because we were inspired by something. Totally. The question is with TikTok, do you get out of that or do you just constantly imitate others? I see it as a a net positive. Yeah. Um, Something interesting in this book that you shared with me, The Social Code, uh, it talks about building communities online and building brands online. And specifically, the book talks about imitation and how it's part of human nature to imitate in order to survive. Mm. You see someone making a fire. Yeah. You make a fire. Right. And I thought so much about that, about how even looking at the decision we made with our thumbnails, where now we have a yellow, Mm -hmm. uh, our yellow logo on the bottom left of every thumbnail. We saw Yes Theory doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've done in TLN before. Yeah. But seeing successful channels like Yes Theory and Vox Mm -hmm. uh, that we admire doing this, imitating it in a way was a form of trying to survive. Yeah of trying to perform better, do better on YouTube. Right. And I thought that was really interesting that imitation is such a part of who we all are. Totally. Yeah, it's huge. That's really interesting. And TikTok normalizes it, which I think is great. Yeah. Obviously, there's bad forms of imitation, just straight up copying and saying mm-hmm. it's yours. Uh, but in terms of how it's applied on TikTok, everyone is adding some little bit of their own personal nature to it. And I think, I think it's great. I think what's interesting is that across the board, any of these platforms, the storytelling techniques that work are the same. And it's the same thing about, you were talking about the book that I, that I shared with you called The Social Code. It just kind of gives you the framework for like, what does it look like to build an audience and a community? And it's super platform agnostic. And same with the storytelling you know, techniques. And that's something as we were crafting the... Um, the plan and idea for our educational course, our, our storytelling course. It's titled Storytelling for YouTube, but you know the reality is it's the storytelling techniques that work across all platforms that we've observed. Storytelling happens in a pitch deck. It happens in a conversation. Yeah, it happens all the time. And when you apply it to one of these platforms that can amplify it, that's when it becomes really, really dynamic and powerful. I'm not positive that we've talked. I just want to talk about two other things on this pod before we close. Um, but I'm not positive we've talked about actually shooting, starting to shoot the course. Have we? That might be for another pod. Did but we not? I don't know. I don't know if we shared that. But we, we have. I mean, we're, we've pretty much wrapped on the production of it. We're going to go into post now. Um, but it's pretty exciting. We're getting closer. The we're, we're partnered with Moment on the course. And the um, there's like an early waiting list that's up on moment site um, that we'll probably tweet out this, this week. Um, but pretty exciting. And then the second thing is on the breakdown. Um, you know, if you listen to our brainstorm, which it sounds like, or from the comments of our, our YouTube video, a lot of you went over to check out, you know, our new font, our new intro, all the new things. But this week we actually tried the like time code thing on YouTube. That's a really cool new feature that I like that, that I think helps retention a lot. 
all I see when I look at our new videos is Helvetica. But yes, yeah. the time code feature <laughs> very cool. is very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. It acts as chapter markers. So when mm-hmm. you go and watch our video now, uh, our most recent video, you can scroll across the bottom and you'll see certain areas uh, that will indicate to you what section you're about to watch. Yeah. And the goal there is that hopefully when you can see those sections while you're watching, you can scroll, mm-hmm. know what's coming, and you'll stay to the end. And we did see that our retention was higher on this video. Right. And another thing is we got really excited on our on our last podcast where we were brainstorming the breakdown about five minutes and seven seconds. We got super hyped on that. That is no longer... Uh, that, that, that fell off. And the reason is because it, what we've noticed is that retention on YouTube is such an important factor, right? I'm sure it's important on TikTok too, but it's just not in your... like. Do you get anal- you don't have like an analytics studio on TikTok, do you? Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe maybe you do. Anyway, that that's like a really robust thing on YouTube that we looked at. Um, but like the longer the episode, the more, you know, view duration. We we thought maybe no matter what, people were watching like around four minutes and, and thirty seconds of our videos, but that's actually not the case. Which is really interesting. They'll they'll actually just watch like sixty percent of your video no matter what. Yeah, so not that you would want to make them long for no reason. Right, but if you can. But if you can, if they, if it could be 10 minutes, make it 10 minutes. And that's why probably the top creators outside of Dobrik are making them 20 plus. Totally. You know, I, I think longer form also gives creators the opportunity to give information and value, but also have some moments that are all about their personality. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about yeah. longer form is we get to leave in you know, a section where you and I are reacting to right. our first TikToks. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that, that's the last thing I'll say about, you know, YouTube versus TikTok. It's interesting that YouTube is kind of pushing in this direction of more branded shows, uh, meaning like they have a brand around them, like ours, the breakdown where they do one thing, one thing really well. It's moving towards longer form uploads, uh, whereas you see a whole new platform that's emerged as a serious, serious, like first time competitor, um, which is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. No titles, no thumbnails, not a search engine, short form, short form, uh, doesn't have AdSense, doesn't yeah. have a monetization, yeah. uh, like YouTube, not us made, which I think is additionally interesting. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is fascinating where now I think you know, this, this world is going to get really interesting. Like there's ob- obviously Facebook's going to try and make a TikTok competitor. Um, yeah, they already are, uh, from what I understand okay. and a- as is YouTube. Okay. So obviously everyone's going to try it. Um, but it's not going to, it's not going to work. The only successful version of that was Instagram stories with snap. The only way I think it will work for YouTube is if they drastically just change their app their mobile app and when you open it up it's basically just tiktok and then from those tiktoks Mm. you can click through it at times and watch a longer form video if they tested that where it was auto playing youtube videos without thumbnails like you just swiped and all of a sudden the video started playing it'd be so interesting some videos would rise to the top yeah it'd be so interesting if because then it would really matter your first like 30 seconds. Then like, yes, theory, Mr. Beast, like that style of storytelling with the cold opens, like that would really, really work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that would be such a fascinating experiment, but what would be interesting is actually to, uh, you could just make that. You'd like download a bunch of YouTube videos. Anyway, that's the end. That's that's (laughs) all I wanted to say, but that's, that's kind of what we've been thinking about a lot. Someone said on our 
on her channel was like, oh, I guess this is just a TikTok YouTube channel now. But like, yeah, it's like the most interesting thing in social media right now. Especially for you and I. Yeah, for who, us, it's fascinating. You know, I feel like, you know, there's no doubt that you and I are a little bit late to TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I think what's exciting is that a lot of our audience uh, is probably around our age and did not jump to TikTok maybe like everyone else did. Right. Like we get to be a little bit of a bridge, hopefully, uh, to experience this platform that people can experience it through us and, and sort right. of see how we're encountering it and how uh, what we think about it. And hopefully, you know, it inspires some people to maybe try it out. And uh, we'll see who between you and I is the first one to go viral on TikTok. I feel like it's going to be you. I don't know. I think it's going to be you because you're you got a lower uh, barrier to post. Because I'm now getting excited about like edited videos and like yeah. what, I was thinking about it today. I was like, in what world do I have time to just all of a sudden start editing TikToks? Totally, I have no time or desire yeah. <laughs> to really edit something that crazy. Right. That's why I'm just pressing record, right. saying some things, and letting it go. Yeah. Which is why I think the app's going to reward you for consistency sooner than it's going to reward. We'll you. see. I'm 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 really curious. I just I keep coming up with concepts that are super easy to produce, and I'm pretty excited about them. I've got. I've got one that I think uh, you'd really, you would have a great time with and you'd probably find a lot of success with. I'll give it to you. We can both do it, but I think it's going to work for you. We've talked about it before, but just going uh, on your TikTok and asking people who you look like and saying, if anyone's out there that looks like me, do at this video. That's so funny. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it first because I'll probably do it tonight, (laughs) but I think you should do it. Okay. If there is someone in our audience right now who is still listening to this podcast, <laughs> this should be part of a bonus section. Yeah, this is we, a bonus section. Hopefully, because we we've gone we've and gone. we ended yeah. it thirty minutes ago. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then you said if you want the bonus podcast, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm going to leave this entire thing in. But okay. this part, if you are listening to this, I have a request. I would like a website called the Colin and Samir TikTok Race Tracker dot com or dot org. And that will .org. <laughs> or .net, and that will track uh, total viewership on TikTok, total followers, uh, and then like I don't know, maybe another tracker. But those two trackers, no. like a social blade, but that's y- just comparing the two, and then we can refresh it every day to see like who is generating more. But then there is that. There's yeah. also that elusive like race to virality. Like who's no. going to hit the? Because once we get competitive about it the race is over because you, I feel like will leverage uh, collaborations much better than I ever would for sure. And that'll yeah. be the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a good YouTube video. I think it would be too. I mean, I'm, I'm down. I'm having a great time on TikTok. Yeah. I think it'd be a good YouTube video where we go head to head. Yeah. But in the same regard, don't follow me for everyone out there on TikTok. Yeah. Colin's looking for, a space where he can be alone. <laughs> like, like zero, I would prefer zero followers, but I'm going to keep that mentality because I think I'm just imagining you doing stand up to a room with no one in it and having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> that's what your TikTok is like. It's also just my brain. That's what happens inside my head every yeah. day. Yeah. That's really good. All right. I'm waiting for the first comment on my TikTok. That's like, yo, this is nothing like your YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we should wrap up now. 
That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you enjoyed that episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts about TikTok. Are you on the app? Are you watching the app? Did you check out Colin's TikTok? Did you check out mine? I'm really curious to hear what you think about the app. Also, make sure to go check out our challenge with Lassie for all of you creators and filmmakers. Seriously, this is such an awesome opportunity to do something creative and potentially win some really amazing prizes. We'll be watching the films uh, and judging them. So we're really excited about this. You have all the way until July 20th to submit. So go to collective.lacy.com and all the information is there. I'll put that in the uh, description for this podcast as well. All right, we'll be back here next week with another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.